It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch, Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast always free. So over the weekend, producer Christine was actually quite busy. She was out and about. She was sending the team photographs of other people around her enjoying some adult beverages while she is still in the throes of dry January. And Quiet Wyatt had sent us a story about how mocktails, so alcohol-free drinks that sort of mimic alcoholic beverages in some ways, they are all the rage. It's a big social and societal trend. And, Christine, you said that you tried to order a mocktail and they looked at you like you were crazy. Meanwhile... Bobby's having a drink. I was texting you a photo of a cocktail. Your mother was sending you, I guess, photos of booze. This must be a difficult time for you. Uh, that was my mother-in-law. Judgey Joyce does not drink. But, yes, uh, my mother-in-law was sending me pictures of uh, Cosmos because that's, like, our favorite drink together. My wow, you fell far, far from the tree on that one. <laughs> oh, he's talking about my mom. Yeah. But go on. <laughs> Yes. No. Uh, she, her claim to fame is she's never tasted a beer. Doesn't even never had a sip of a beer. Wow. Yes. I've tried to get her to drink. Sometimes I'll pour a little champagne or a little Prosecco or wine and she'll look at it. She holds the glass, but she won't really drink it. Interesting. So, so it was it was yeah. Bobby's mother. This is probably the way that she gets back at you, by the way, because on the home stretch last week, we were talking about how you at the drop of a hat call up your mother-in-law constantly like when you have an issue or a question or you're frustrated with bobby you like call his mother to tell on him and i was saying i'm sure she i'm sure she loves that i think her way of retaliating for all this stuff that you put her through is knowing that you're trying to do dry january she's sending you text messages of booze Yes. Yes, she is. And sometimes she'll, because uh, her wine night, her wine time usually starts around five o'clock. Um, and then she's usually done by six, six thirty. So sometimes she'll call me during wine time. And I know, I know she's sipping on a red wine. I just know it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so Bobby and I, for the first, I hadn't really been out of the house in weeks. So for the first time, Bobby and I went to a restaurant and the restaurant was just packed. So, so you're feeling good? Did you did you test negative or were you past the isolation yeah, dates? Yeah, I finally I finally tested negative. Actually, hey, all right, there today. we go. Yep, yep. And I went to the doctor today, and he did a whole bunch of blood work, and he said my lungs sound good. So we are on the up and up. So Bobby and I went to a restaurant. The restaurant was packed, so we sat at the bar, which I knew was going to be challenging for me <laughs> to actually sit at a bar. And I asked the bartender. I said. What sort of mocktails or non-alcoholic drinks do you have? And she looked at me and she said, do you mean like a Coca-Cola or like a soda? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm doing dry January. And she goes, what's that? And I said, well, you don't drink in January. And she goes, oh. Uh, she, had, she had no clue what I was She'd talking about. She'd never heard of that? Everyone knows nope. about that. No, she was an older lady. So maybe, I, 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 maybe that's just not something she had heard of. 
there was no mocktails. She didn't even know what to put. She goes like, I have sour mix. I guess I can do something with that. And at that point, I just said, forget it. Uh, so I had two Coca-Colas while my husband enjoyed his Manhattan martinis. And let me tell you something. That was brutal. It was really, really brutal. He should have ordered Cosmos just to troll you. <laughs> Big, bright Cosmos, just gulping them down. He was very sweet at one point. He goes, listen, I'm going to go to the restroom. I have about a half a martini left here. I'm not going <laughs> to judge you if by the time I get back, that martini is empty. And I said, no, no, no. I said, I will judge right. myself. I made it Very commitment. admirable. You're, you're still holding off your... Uh, you know, you're more than halfway through the month, and we also gave you those extra days. Yep, those, I only those, have one more weekend. Those credited days because you weren't drinking over the Christmas holiday either because you were sick, Mm-mm. and so those days count. But you did oh, text us your uh, your dry January lamentations over the weekend, and it was, I believe, <sighs> the 15th of January, which is halfway through the month, and so I just sent you back those uh, Bon Jovi lyrics. Halfway there, living on a prayer for producer Christine trying to get through this last uh, stretch of days. In the meantime, you spent another element of your weekend, more time, more money, at the psychic. I I really think this was um, silly. I will admit I'm judging Mm. you for this. You Mm. went anyway. I think it was a waste of time and money. And it turned out that you were such a lost cause— that the psychic basically told you, you need more than my griff. You need professional help. This is so embarrassing. She said it several times as she was reading my tarot cards. She said, you've been to therapy? You, I said, yes, yes. She goes, okay, well, you need to make sure you're still in it. And if you're not, you need to go back to it. Uh, over and over again, she had asked me this. Or told me this. And she didn't mean, like, keep coming. Well, she did. She does want me to come back to her. I kind of knew this was going to happen. My chakras are blocked, especially um, my main, like, the one in my stomach. So I knew I kind of need a chakra cleansing. I, I have no sort. idea what you're talking about. So you have seven chakras, like, senses in your body. They start at the spine and go all the way to the top of your head. Oh, so this and is a made-up thing. This is not a scientific no, or medical no. thing. No, no, no. This is like a real, a real thing. It's, um, is this medical? Uh, yeah, it's like alternative. Could we know. get Dr. Sapphire on here to talk about when they discuss chakras in medical school or not so much? Well, yeah. No, because this is more like Eastern, I would uh-huh. say, medicine and Western. But uh, my cha- right. so, so, so this woman about- is telling you that your chakra is blocked. And let me guess, she can unblock it for you for some money? Yeah, she believes she didn't see much trauma in my life, but obviously, and I had a feeling about this too. It's my my past life. Is there's something that's just blocking that came over into this life? So there's, I need Come to really. On. No, I I really believe this. I'm not kidding. I'm not putting you on. I really did. I really actually agreed with her um, about that. I that there is a like, trauma, maybe, an unspoken and unknowable trauma yeah, in, in my your past, past life. life that needs yes. to uh, be addressed to unblock your chakras and she can do it for what's the uh, what's the bargain basement price that she's going to charge you for your uh, unblockage well i think it would take a couple times but the first one is 250 dollars. oh okay a couple installments of 250 bucks that seems yeah she 
<laughs> she's going to be very upset with me because she did say to keep this reading private and not tell anybody. And my, I told my husband that. He goes, exactly, because she knows they're all, every, we're all going to say to you, you can't go back. So she wants you to hold on to that. Well, but she said that I'm someone that shares a lot and I have to stop doing that. So that could be harmful to this show. <laughs> well, you've already, um, you've already ignored of- her. Here's the thing. You're ignoring her actively, which I encourage you to continue <laughs> doing because it's ridiculous. But she wants um, you to see professional therapists. Yeah, you could have told her, I, I have a professional therapist. I also have a non-professional, uncompensated therapist who's a, an amateur but very wise. And you could be like, hey, uh, psychic lady, can you tell me who this person is and what relationship I have to him or do her? That. Of course no, not, because these are specific no. questions that she can't possibly answer. So it's more vague, mystical stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah. How can I give it's you more of my money? It's about the tarot cards and where they lie. You know, it wasn't like like my father had passed away, and it wasn't like she, she did say to me, did somebody close to you pass away? And I was like, yeah. So she knew <laughs> Every single along- person on earth has had that happen. Every person. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, she kind of sensed, I, I felt like she sensed it. Um, when I said my dad died, she goes, yeah. She's like, I knew it was somebody, you know, <laughs> like just... super close and, and you were You younger. actually believe this. Like, can you understand how ridiculous this sounds? Uh, I guess it was kind of like you had to be there. I didn't, I didn't really no. feel like she was putting no, I feel me like on. I'm there. Yeah, they the do high was... percentage guesses and people like you were like, whoa, take my money. No, I mean, the only the only thing that bothered me about it was when she told me how much the reading was. She said, my uh, credit card machine is broken. So I said, OK, well, I have this amount of cash. Well, could she not see that have- coming? Whoa, whoa, whoa. How could she not anticipate her own credit card machine breaking? Like, I feel like she might sense that there'd be there'd be a disturbance in the chakras and she could get, you know, electrician in there to deal with it before, you know, cookie had to be inconvenienced. I don't know. She had said other people had to, like, bring money back because she didn't have the machine working. But then when I gave her my money, um, I needed, you know, change back. And then she didn't have any change. So I wound up paying $20 over the reading fee oh, how, because she didn't have convenient. any change. She got a very, very healthy tip. because and she couldn't <laughs> That's the anticipate, only thing that really bothered which she, in, in all of her psychic wisdom, she couldn't anticipate that when people are having to pay her cash because her credit card machine is, quote, unquote, down – she won't have enough cash to then give back for change. She couldn't have imagined that problem arising. This seems awfully short-sighted for someone who can see into your past and traumas that are unspecific well, but life-altering. She also forgot that I was coming. So when, oh, She's really she on top of outside. things. Well, in her fairness, she was looking for an oxygen tank for a family member. So she was distracted, she said. So I understood, you know, family first, of course. Um, I I felt pretty good about the reading. She did say that um, my husband sometimes is very confused and frustrated with me, but she doesn't see him leaving me. So that's a good sign, right? It's no, it's nothing of a sign. I think you wasting your money there increases the chances of Bobby taking a walk. <laughs> Well, it's just like I just have to figure out now because obviously I can't go back there and pay for my chakra cleansing and I don't know how to do it myself. So I just got to figure out how to do that because I, I'm completely blocked. And until I unblock myself, I'm not going to be 
to my full capacity. Can you imagine me even being better than what I am right now? But I'm blocked. I think the only thing that she was dead on target about was how much help you need. And, but again, that's a high likelihood guess to make, right? If you're someone throwing cash at a psychic in New Jersey, odds are you've got some issues and could probably work through those issues with a professional. So she's absolutely right about that, but it's not like it was unique to you, although it is particularly applicable, I would say. Keep your money. Yeah. Don't waste another dime with this stuff. And maybe the way you can unblock your chakras is breaking your dry January. Maybe that'll unblock your chakra. That's my, think, that's my thought. I, I, I don't think you know anything about chakras, so I don't think you No, of course know I don't, but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's not a thing. But, but if somebody does know about it and they want to let you know about it to get to me, that would be great because as of right now, I'm forbidden to go back there to pay for my chakra cleansing. Okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> back here tomorrow. If you have any uh, chakra advice for producer Christine, we've got to get you a Twitter account. That, that's another thing we should talk about this week on the home stretch. You're tempted. I think it might be time. So hold that thought. Back here tomorrow for more of The Guy Benson Show, 3 to 6 Eastern, same time, same place. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Home stretch on this Tuesday. It's The Guy Benson Show. Very glad to have you aboard and listening every day. Catch me on Special Report tonight. Around 6.40 Eastern for the panel with Brett and team Fox News Channel. Well, the Olympics are right around the corner. The Winter Olympics, hosted by the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing. February 4th is the opening ceremony. That's what's scheduled. They've announced that they're not going to allow the general public in as spectators due to COVID. This will be one of the most controversial Olympic Games really in recent memory, for all the reasons that should be obvious considering who's hosting these games. I saw a report just yesterday that Olympic athletes from Western countries in particular are being advised to leave their personal phones back at home rather than bring them to China because there are privacy and spying concerns. Because what authoritarian regimes often do is try to crack into people's devices and then spy on them. I remember, for example, when I traveled to Russia with Secretary Pompeo during the Trump administration, we were in Sochi for less than a day. He was there meeting with his counterpart, Lavrov. I asked a question at the joint press conference. He also met with Putin. I was within 10 feet of Vladimir Putin, which was a bit of... A chilling experience just seeing the guy. But we were on the ground in Putin's Russia for less than 24 hours. And they had us leave our electronic equipment, our personal phones and laptops, in protected bags aboard the U.S. government aircraft that they sometimes call Air Force Three. It's a 737. They said, don't bring that with you off the plane. And when you've got a state like China, a surveillance state, known for espionage, 
known for intellectual property theft and other things like this. It would seem to be a no-brainer. It also kind of sucks for the athletes who probably want to just have their device and memorialize their experience and live normally, but that's not what the Chinese Communist Party allows. And yet the International Olympic Committee, they just keep picking regimes, despotic regimes like this, untrustworthy countries to host games. Not always, of course, but fairly often. What, China had them in 2008 as well? No, they have them again. The Russians hosted in Sochi in between. Anyway, just one more wrinkle there. Leave your phone at home, please, unless you want to get hacked by the Chicoms. That inspires confidence, doesn't it? I've talked a lot about these Olympic Games on this show for months, questioning the wisdom of participating at all. Should we send our athletes? Should we deprive our athletes of this opportunity when they're at peak performance, when you might only have one Olympics for which you qualify in a career, maybe two or three? Is that fair? I know the Biden administration has done what I consider to be the right thing, but the bare minimum thing with the diplomatic boycott. I would have liked to have seen a much more dramatic corporate boycott of some sort, but we're not seeing that. And this goes back to a conversation we had earlier on the show about the Uyghurs and the co-owner of the Golden State Warriors saying what he said and sort of the development of that controversy over the last 24 hours or so. But it's about to become real. The world stage is about to be ceded to a country, to a government, to a regime that has lied about the pandemic and its origins with cover-ups and punishments and disappearances and all of that. Millions of people are dead. They are, according to the West, according to our own State Department, engaged in an active genocide against people of color, ethnic and religious minorities. They've done a lot of other persecution against Christians in Tibet. They've been bellicose and violent and threatening with the Indian military, for example, with Taiwan in the South China Sea. I mean, the rap sheet goes on and on. Democracy actually under assault in Hong Kong. And what the world community is going to do with that backdrop is say, all right, the most prestigious thing we do as a global or international sporting world, with everyone tuning in, the most prestigious event, you're going to get to host it. And the question becomes, for someone like me, am I going to watch? Like, what is my moral calculation in watching the games? And I don't think it's necessarily an easy question, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you ought to do because the truth seems so clear-cut to me. I'm not sure I'm going to do a hard boycott. I will definitely be watching less than I generally or typically would. The Winter Olympics are my preference. Summer Olympics are fine. I like the events better at the Winter Olympics, especially hockey, although the NHL is not allowing their athletes to participate in the Olympics this round for COVID-related reasons. I wish they were doing it as a stand to China. They're at least couching it as COVID. So that makes the appeal of the hockey less significant to me at least just from a sports standpoint before i get to the politics from a sports standpoint dan are you an olympics guy you're a huge sports guy are you an olympics guy and do you care more about one like summer versus winter or the other 
So I love watching the Olympics. I could sit there every single day for hours and watch it on every. Ch- it's on all the channels. It's on do it on everything. Um, I'm more of a summer Olympics guy. I love track and field. I love watching that, but I also do love hockey. And I'm going to miss out for the Winter Olympics this year because the NHL players won't be playing. So yeah, they're still having hockey, right? Just not. Yes. Not at the same level because anyone who's getting paid by the NHL can't participate, so it's going to be right. more of an amateur thing. And I'd watch that, and that could be interesting. I will, of course, be rooting for Team USA to go to Communist China and win as much gold as they possibly can. It would be fantastic just to win medal after medal after medal on Chinese soil. Just be like, this is America, baby, and we're number one. That would be great, and I'm rooting hard for us to do that. And I don't fault any of the athletes for going. I just don't think that I'm that excited to watch the games in Beijing, knowing what Beijing, meaning the regime, is responsible for. Not in the recent past, not in the distant past, actively right now. Like there's a genocide right now. The world acknowledges it. The State Department under Trump and Biden both say, yes, it's a genocide. I just It's hard for me to say, oh, well, I'm just going to sit back, relax, and enjoy some sporting events happening in a country that's doing a genocide and squeezing the life out of democracy in Hong Kong, which is where I grew up. I spent almost seven years as a kid in Hong Kong. That story bothers me probably more than the average American because it's more personal to me. I've started to see, as you probably have as well, some of the ads and the promotions on NBC. I do love the Olympics theme song, the John Williams music. It's so good. Gets you in the mood. It really fits those events. So you're starting to see the commercials and all of it, and there's just something that doesn't sit well with me. And so I guess this might seem like a little bit of a cop-out, but my general approach is going to be I'm not going to seek it out. It's not a definite hardcore boycott, but I'm not really all that excited about watching the Olympics because of where they're being hosted. And I will root for the team. I will hope that things go well. I will share great American moments on social media. I'm just not sure I want to sit there and watch the coverage and watch all these ads of all these companies that paid all this money given the context. Now, we'll see if the American athletes do anything or take any stands. I mean, I think on behalf of human rights and democracy, there should be some discomfort for the host country, for the host regime. We'll see how NBC decides to cover it and their approach. I do have a curiosity there. I'm just not sure if that curiosity is enough that I'm going to be actively tuning in myself. And I'm also just struggling to understand how some of the elite forces in our society, including in the world of sports and entertainment, were all thrilled that Major League Baseball, based on a lie and disinformation and political spin, pulled the All-Star game out of the state of Georgia at the behest of the President of the United States, by the way. Biden was more committed to a boycott of Atlanta for the All-Star game than a boycott of the Olympics in China with the pandemic in Hong Kong and genocide. And I, I just struggle to reconcile the moral stance that a lot of people 
have embraced, either consciously or subconsciously. I'm not sure how they would defend it. I don't think it's defensible. And that also annoys me. A great deal. I mean, you remember we devoted a lot of hours on this show to the Major League Baseball thing. But that couldn't stand. Oh, because of democracy, we couldn't have the Major League, the All-Star Game in Atlanta, Georgia. Again, rooted in so many untruths in that circumstance. But we'll have a Genocide Olympics hosted by Beijing. And it'll be televised live in the United States with a bunch of corporations pouring their money into it. I mean, you explained that to me. I know Laura Ingram made a similar point. A lot of people were clapping back on social media, missing the point. It's a question about a moral calculus. And that's what I've been wrestling with a little bit here, ahead of the Olympics starting in early February. And if you disagree or have a different take, this is not one where I'm going to say, I feel fully confident that I have hit exactly the right way to approach this from a consumer standpoint. I'm not sure. I want to be kind of humble about it, transparent about how I'm thinking. Put it out there, into the universe, and you all do what you're going to do. Feel free to hit me up or send me a note or something. Agree or disagree, I think it's an interesting question. Hopefully we can all agree on the following thing. Go Team USA. Go kick their ass, especially the Chinese, as often as possible. Go for the gold in Beijing a few weeks from now. I will go for the gold on Special Report in just a few minutes on Fox News Channel with Brett and company around 640 Eastern Fox News Channel. See you there. Back here on the radio tomorrow, President Biden has his press conference long awaited. We will have coverage of that on The Guy Benson Show, and we will talk to you then. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. That podcast is free every day. Okay, if you are someone who is on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, Facebook or elsewhere, there's a chance, a decent chance, that you may have encountered friends or relatives who are very into a red-hot viral online game called Wordle. And they post about it a lot. They post their scores, like these little boxes of different colors that other people react to like they have meaning. I have been confounded by this whole phenomenon. I have not played myself. Adam was actually showing me how it works. And I got distracted about 10 seconds into the explanation. So he texts some of his friends about it. They go back and forth. And I'm pretty sure, my understanding is, here at the show, none of us play this game. Producer Christine wanted to talk about this. She's out for a couple days. But she knew that people were posting about it a lot and was asking questions. She was not someone engaged in the daily ritual. Wyatt sent us an explainer from the Wall Street Journal, but he doesn't play. And Dan, you don't play either, do you? I actually just tried it. Oh, you did? For I, what? Like for the first time yesterday or something? Yes, I did. And I got it within the first five tries, which I think is kind of good. I play a lot of these kind of um, riddle, these games with word, wordscapes, and, and I do crosswords, so I enjoy it a lot. All right, so here's 
what it actually is, per the Wall Street Journal, and I'm just reading it. This stuff means nothing to me because I have not played. It's an online word game, Wordle. Seems like it's everywhere these days. And it is played and offered once a day. It's gone viral in recent weeks. It can only be played on the website. And I guess you can Google this website. That's the only place it's available. It was created by a guy called Josh Wardle, a software engineer from New York. He started the prototype in 2013 and really finalized it during the pandemic. The way that it's played is you go to the game's website on your desktop or mobile browser. The URL is powerlanguage.co.uk backslash wordle backslash. And the way it's played is simple, writes the journal. You have six chances to guess the day's secret five-letter word. Type in a word as a guess, and the game tells you which letters are or are not in the word. The game is free, has no ads. The aim is to figure out the secret word with the fewest guesses. What do the green and yellow squares mean? Because this is all I see, are green and yellow squares and black squares. And people post them. Like, they screenshot their own Wordle color scheme and then post it, I guess, to impress other people? I guess the way it works is when you submit a guess in the game, the letter tiles on this grid change colors to show how close you are to the secret word. If you guess, for example, the word weary, and the W turns green, that means the secret word starts with a W. If the E turns yellow, that letter is in the word, but not in that spot. Any letters that aren't in the secret word turn gray. It's not on an app. That's not an option for you. And I guess... There are people out there trying to find, like, shortcuts and tricks to impress their friends, which to me kind of defeats the whole purpose. Like, finding cheat codes, essentially, to make it seem like you're doing incredibly well at this viral game when, in fact, you're not. I That's a weird kind of undeserved boast, although... I'm not surprised people are doing it. That's part of human nature. I have to say, reading these things to you over the air right now, like I'm reading this journal piece for the first time, right now, with you, it does not make me any more inclined or interested to play this game. It really doesn't. What I am most excited about involving Wordle is when the craze finally passes by to the extent that people stop posting them on their Twitter accounts or their other social media feeds. With all due respect, and I have good friends who do this, like people that I like and admire, and I get it. People are into it. It's a big cultural thing, and it's harmless. It's not like there's any problem with it. I'm not opposed to it by any stretch. It's probably good for your brain to exercise certain parts of it. That's all fine. I just don't really care how good or bad you are at Wordle, and I certainly don't want to see your scores. But I'll see folks just like, you know, post this little 
puzzle of yellow and green and I guess black or gray than other people reacting very strongly. How did you do that? It's like, I don't know what this means. I don't care. Am I being a curmudgeon? I kind of need a reality check here. And if Christine weren't out, she would certainly try to give me one, although I'm not sure Christine is the one, by Cookie, to dish out reality checks to anyone else. But I'm I'm noticing that I kind of sound like someone screaming, get off my lawn. Ah, oh, these kids and their Wordle and their little gadgets on the computers. <laughs> I guess it's just the ubiquity of these images that I truly do not care about. So, if you're into it, and it helps you in some way, God bless and Godspeed. I'll take a hard pass. Eh, like a lukewarm pass. How about that? I'll take a pass. Here's my secret five-letter word, B-O-R-E-D. Back here tomorrow for the Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show from Austin, Texas. Talk to you then. Have a great night. Homestretch, Guy Benson Show from Austin, Texas. Thanks again to AM 1370 for graciously hosting us today here on the program. I'll be in New York early next week for some TV stuff. GuyBensonShow.com, podcasts always free, including bonus Benson on the weekends. So producer Christine has been out much of the week for various reasons. We will get to those in just a moment. But Christine, I do have some interesting little nuggets for you that you will find interesting, I think, about our situation here in Austin. The first of which is last night we got in past dinner time, so it was kind of too late to get a bite to eat. We ate on the plane, but it wasn't too late just to go grab a beer. And so we went right near our hotel, little place. They had a couple beers on tap. Some of Adam's friends who are in Austin came over to say hello. And I had, I think, just like a Kolsch. I had a, a beer on tap draft beer and they were a few minutes behind us they came upstairs to where we were sitting and would you like to guess what one of them had in hand that he had ordered at the bar Ooh, uh cosmo no i'll give you a clue we are doing the happy hour of the guy benson show uh, oh a long drink finish long drink for the win. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's a big fan of it. We converted him. He's like a one-man army on behalf of Long Drink. All of his friends down here drink it. It's widely available. So that was cool just to like, whenever you see one in the wild, someone ordering one, that's like a pretty cool thing. So Adam got one. I took a photo. I sent it to our friends over at the Long Drink. That was pretty great. And then the other update is whenever dry January is finally over for you, and if you come to Austin, Texas anytime, you might want to stay at the hotel that we're staying at because they have between 5 and 6 p.m. Central Time, local time here, they have a wine hour where it's red and white. It's free on the house for all the guests. And they do this. It's a Kimpton hotel chain. And they do this in a lot of their locations. But a special extra Texas twist, they also have free margaritas during the wine hour so this is a pretty big thing and because it's an hour earlier here that means i might be able to get back to the hotel in time to maybe have one of those margaritas after the show today pretty stoked about it yeah 
keep rubbing that in, why don't you? I'm excited well, for you. You're almost done, right? You're just a few days away from being complete because we, we said you get to count the days that you didn't drink in December and tag those on to your January. So you're very close, I think. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised. I know this sounds shocking. I would not even be surprised if I don't wind up drinking right away, even when I get to February. The thought of even any part of alcohol messing with my body or causing any harm or pain to my body, I just can't even think about it right now. So yes. I might so, just be off the hooch for a while. Maybe, maybe not. You never know. I think once you've recovered enough, it'll be time. But you have had a bit of a difficult week here. You ended up at one point in the hospital, and you were texting us, I'm going to the ER, and hopefully you're willing to forgive me that I was not terribly concerned, because most people, they text you, I'm going to the ER, it's like a real cause for concern. With you, I mean, you could stub your toe and be like, it might be cancer, and you rush to the ER. And you're a hypochondriac. You sort of panic about things. So I wasn't sure how concerned to be about this, but it did turn out this was an after effect of COVID, brutal, brutal headaches. After you had all of your other symptoms, it's not been too easy on your body these last few weeks. And I'm, I'm sorry, how much better are you feeling finally? I'm, I'm definitely starting to feel a lot better. I mean, I'm functioning, which is better than I was uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. The pain is still there, but I found the right concoction of over-the-counter meds that are actually working. But I do want to say one thing about the emergency room. I know I'm a hypochondriac, and I know that I often think, you know, the worst is about to happen. But I get to that point, and I usually cry wolf, and I never actually act upon it. I just complain about it. I have to say I'm 40 years old, and that was the first time I had ever been to an emergency room. Oh, see, that surprises Second. me. Yeah, I know. I know. I get to that point of complaining, saying, uh, you know, I'm so bad, but I never, I never go over the line. Um, that was only the second time I'd ever been in a hospital. The first time was having Megan. So wow. that's how bad the pain was that I had to go. I had never, ever stepped foot in an emergency room Oh, see, so that's some added context that I did not have before. That would have made mm -hmm. me a little bit more nervous. The fact that you weren't replying to texts for a while, that started to concern me. And so I hope it's okay. I've I've deleted the draft of the eulogy I was working on for you. Because I, I assumed <laughs> you, would, you would want me to do that. So I just took it upon myself uh, to start putting some thoughts together. But thankfully, it seems like that uh, will be unnecessary. But... I'm I'm making a little bit light of it just to have a laugh, but it was not funny and not fun at all, and that really sucks. And we're glad that you're feeling better, but wow, I mean the, it, the it, when the COVID finally bad. got you, it got you. Well, what I find so funny is when I actually had COVID, I worked. I never called out, and then the the the, the long haul effect of COVID is what knocked me out. Right, it was afterwards um, do, with the headaches. Yeah. The headache, and I am sure, I don't think people are talking about this enough, but the headache is something I, I had never felt before. And let me tell you something. I've had the worst of worst hangovers. Um, oh, I believe is, that. It, that checks out. <laughs> this was unbearable. I mean, it literally felt like a knife was just stabbing me in the head. You couldn't Oof. get any relief. 
nothing was working. And I don't think people are talking about this enough. Did you um, did I, you hear our interview yesterday by any chance with Dr. Neshwat? Because I asked her about this. And she said, actually, some of these really pounding headaches aren't that uncommon. It's not something I'd really heard of until your situation. I did listen to it. And she was lovely enough to actually email me, you know, because I booked her before. I, I have to say all the Fox News doctors, because I did email a couple of them, maybe all of them. <laughs> just, just like you CC all of them on one yeah, email. Uh, and honestly, they all had the same exact answer was get to the ER. This isn't great um, because mm. there is a potential for um, blood clotting. And that's why that my, my final, you know, get to the ER with my doctor who has never once. And I call him. I have him on speed dial. Never <laughs> once told me to go to the ER. Never he said once. It's, it's time. He said it's time. You got to You got to get there and we got to, you know, get this scanned. And I'm not 100 percent out of the woods. Um, there might be an MRI in my future, but the scans that they did do and, you know, they said there was no sense. You know, I didn't have the symptoms of stroke or anything like that. But, yeah, it's scary. And I'm glad I'm hoping all this is behind. January is just a blur to me. It, it's been a rough go with that. Well, um, and then this other thing happened. Uh, we had been talking on the air about how you had accepted an offer and you were selling your house and you were moving to the new apartment and everything was turning up roses, at least on that front. Well, it turns out, ooh, false start. Yeah, the buyers backed out. Um, I think the last I had updated you and the audience was that they wanted a credit, I think, of like $15,000 uh, after the home inspection. That wasn't supposed to be. Or they had waived all this stuff, and then they said, well, never mind. We're going to do some stuff anyway. You didn't take kindly to that. They wanted credits. You said no, and they were just like, all right, we're done? Yeah, well, it took us forever to get them to give us an answer. Uh, we don't know what was going on. They were just waiting and waiting, and we were waiting. And finally, our lawyer contacted their lawyer, and they're like, yeah, no, we're actually not interested anymore. So it was just a whole waste of money and time, Oof. and we're back to uh, square one. And that doesn't help. But there's still a lot <laughs> of interest, know, right? A huge amount of interest. Um, I think she's actually showing it uh, next week. Or I, she she has a lot of interest. And honestly, in the grand scheme of things, that's the least of our worries. Our health is our most important. And my whole family, we all got taken out with COVID for a while. So um, we just need to get back on track. I mean, it <laughs> sounds, uh, I hate to say it this way, but given all of that, it sounds like you actually could use a drink <laughs> it's a, bit, a lot of stress you would think, <laughs> you would think but i'm so scared to, I, I know this is crazy i am terrified to even have an alcoholic drink because of the amount of meds i have in me oh i would i, I would wait i would definitely yeah, wait until you're off the anything meds to mess. i don't even want a, a thought that any alcohol could give me any sort of headache or anything like i am just scared I have to say this dry January was by far the easiest, but I'm going on record. I will never do dry January again. It right, because you blame all my health issues. Yeah, you blame dry January for all of this. Yes, it's happened before. I will never, ever do dry January You're done. Again. Okay, last question here because we're almost out of time. Did you go to that psychic before or after you went to the emergency room? I was worried you were going to ask me mm -hmm. this. I'm because just curious. My husband, my husband asked me, he goes, how come... She didn't see you in an emergency room for the first ah, time in your entire life. So before, life. so you go to the psychic and she's got her stupid card. She's like, oh, you've lost someone close to you at some point. You're like, oh, my God, yes, my, my dad. And she's like, yes, yes. 
but she couldn't see the hospital visit coming in a matter of days. Isn't that interesting, Christine? She also told me we were moving. So I'm hoping maybe, remember, she said later on. So she didn't tell me that <laughs> the deal was going to fall through. <laughs> but, uh, I, just want, I, just I want you wanna, to think on this. I just want to say one thing. Just one thing. While I was in that emergency room, I might not have responded to you, but I sure, sure did respond to Mitt Romney's people. So that's all I got to say about <laughs> you that. Were, they text you or they email you, and you're like, on every medication possible, laid up on a hospital bed, but you are willing to respond to a U.S. senator's team. They're going to come on. We had a great interview with Mitt Romney, so well done, Christine. Always working, that cookie. She's relentless. <laughs> did, you, did you perhaps fake all of this to get some sympathy bookings? Like you, like you reached out to all these people in your Rolodex being like, oh, I'm in the hospital. Can you come on? Seems like I wouldn't put it past you, actually. I'm not revealing any of my secrets. <laughs> you have no comment on that. All right. Fair enough. Well, it is the weekend. Happy weekend, one and all. From Austin, Texas, I'm Guy Benson. As I mentioned, I'll be in New York early next week for Kennedy and Gutfeld and some TV fun. See you then. Talk to you then. Have a fantastic weekend and have a great night. It's the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.